This is Tech News for MBAs. I'm Professor Paul Kinetti. It is April 9th, 2021. New York is coming back to life. Spring is here. The sun is shining. Flowers are blooming. Vaccines are injecting. I am hosting a panel on Zoom, which is the MBA Media and Entertainment Conference, which is a joint venture between Columbia Business School and NYU Stern Business School. And uh, there's a panel about podcasting called Audio Reinvented Podcasting Takes Center Stage with three amazing guests, Carrie Hoffman, the CEO of PRX, which produces so many amazing podcasts. There's too many to name. Robert Smith, the host of Planet Money, one of my personally favorite podcasts of all time. So I'm really nerding out about meeting him. And Jenna Weiss-Berman, the co-founder of Pineapple Street Studios, which also produces just some incredible podcasts. So uh, that is all to say. If you're interested, check it out. The website is media-conference.com. And if you're a student, it's only $5 to attend and $15 open to the public. There's a lot of great things on the agenda. Uh, I think my panel is at 1.30 but it's an all-day thing. You can tune in for any or all of it. So perhaps I will see some of you there on Zoom. This week's episode centers around a podcast interview. Kara Swisher's interview with Apple CEO Tim Cook has made waves throughout the techosphere. Tim Cook is generally very calculated and does not give a lot of interviews in the first place. And usually they're just kind of full of Apple speaking points. This was a really revealing interview. I thought Tim Cook just is so clear in the way he communicates. And I think that a lot was sort of brought to light that was not incredibly surprising, but I do think is interesting in the context of a greater sort of rivalry that has been brewing for the past few months and really years between Apple and Facebook. Now, normally, you would not think of these two companies as being competitors. But in January, on Facebook's earnings call, Mark Zuckerberg said that Apple was actually one of its biggest competitors. iMessage, which of course does directly compete with Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp and Instagram DM. But uh, iMessage is actually the number one private messaging platform in the U.S., And you might not think of Apple as being a social tool, but of course, Facebook, a large part of their business is private messaging, which competes directly with Apple's iMessage. Tim Cook earlier this year was quoted as saying, if a business is built on misleading users on data exploitation, on choices that are no choices at all, then it does not deserve our praise. It deserves reform. End quote. He says it's not about Facebook, but like, who else is it about? Maybe also Google, mostly Facebook. So this is the context in which this battle has been brewing. And again, Tim Cook's comments this week on Sway really got a lot of people talking about the effects on digital advertising that some of these new Apple rules are going to have. And 
I really started to think about some of the broader ways that Apple and Facebook compete or will compete in the future. So first off, what are these changes that everyone is uh, buzzing about? The first is something that Apple is doing, but also you're seeing in web browsers, basically that different websites and different apps cannot share data back and forth between them, particularly user data, data that could identify you or your habits or which websites you've been to. So again, in the past, it might be that Facebook can know all the different things you do on the web, even if those things aren't within Facebook itself, and then use that information to better target ads at you. And of course, brands want that sort of targeting ability. When they're advertising to you, it's more efficient. And for you as the end user, you see more pertinent ads that actually are more useful to you than random generic ads. The other thing Apple is doing is putting on what they're describing as almost like a nutrition label for data collection right up front when you launch an app, the same way that it asks for other sorts of permissions, like do you want to give this app you know, uh, access to your camera or do you want to receive notifications from this app or do you want to give them access to your location? It will also say, here are the different types of data that this app collects from you in very plain speak, not like weird legalese privacy policy language with cute little icons, something you can understand. And then you have to say, yes, that's fine with me. I accept this data tracking or no, I do not. And if not, then your data is not tracked. Right now, there are certain ways to opt out of some tracking with Facebook and other similar apps. But this is really about opting in. The default is that you have the choice. And presumably, a lot of people are going to choose no. It also exposes all of the different sorts of data that different apps on your device collect. So let's say you download some random calculator or something, you know, that seems benign and it pops up that it's collecting all this crazy data about you. You're probably going to delete that app. Whereas today, you don't even know that it's doing that. There's no indication to you and there's no onus on the app developer to tell you exactly what's happening there other than buried deep in their privacy policy. So what is the debate here? Well, keep in mind, Apple is the most valuable company in the world. People love to hate on the big guys. And Apple, while once an underdog, is certainly not an underdog today. Apple has staked its claim on user privacy. And I do think that that is in earnest. A common uh, criticism of Apple is that they're doing that only because it's good for their business, only because it hurts competition only because it's a good marketing point or whatever, as if even if they were motivated by all those, it's somehow bad that they are concerned with user privacy. I see it a bit differently. I see this as a nice overlap in the Venn diagram. If it's good for Apple's bottom line and it's good for user privacy, that's awesome. The fact that it's good for Apple's business doesn't somehow negate the positive outcome that it could actually have for users. There's also a lot of criticism that Apple doesn't apply this sort of ethos equally across the world. Apple operates in China, and by law in China, they have to store user data on servers that are hosted inside the borders of mainland China, and the Chinese government has access to data on those servers. So people say, well, if you're serious about privacy, then you just wouldn't operate in China uh, in protest. And of course, a big part of Apple's business and a growing part of Apple's business is in China. I again see this a bit differently. I think that Apple is striving for this vision of 
privacy, but where it does not overlap with their business interests, they are not necessarily willing to sacrifice profits for it. And I understand the criticism there, but I just think it's not unreasonable that they would operate in different countries according to the local laws. And within the framework of those laws, obviously they are going to do their best to protect user privacy within the laws of the land wherever they choose to operate. Now, again, in the Kara Swisher interview, Tim Cook says that none of this is about Facebook and that he makes it seem like he doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about Facebook. He doesn't consider them a serious competitor, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that something that almost no one is talking about, I actually haven't really seen this anywhere, is competition in the future with Facebook and Apple. And that is in the realm of augmented reality. And for any longtime listeners of this podcast, you know, this is my favorite topic. Facebook owns Oculus, a virtual reality company, but they have made very, very abundantly publicly clear that their aspirations are to own AR, to be the iPhone of AR. Right now, Facebook lives on top of Apple and Google for Android. Uh, They are not at the base layer of owning the entire platform of the operating system. They're just an app on top of Apple's operating system. AR is a new paradigm shift. Think of it as like the next smartphone. There were computers, then there were laptops, if you want to call that a different category. Then there were smartphones, which we use today. And in the future, there will be AR glasses. And again, I don't know exactly when or who or how, but if you skip far enough into the future, 25 years from now, we will not be using smartphones. It's just not going to be the case. We will have something on our face that is in our field of vision all the time. Facebook wants to be that base layer. They want to create the iPhone of AR glasses. Apple, of course, wants to do the same. And so that, to me, is where the competition is. And Facebook's ad business is the cash cow that allows them to make those huge investments and to be able to compete in AR. Now, the biggest risk to Facebook advertising businesses is the fact that it's Apple's world and they are just living in it. But luckily, Apple hasn't really used that position of power over them in any serious way until it seems like now. So why would Apple do that? Well, I believe that because Apple sees Facebook as a serious future competitor for supremacy in the world of augmented reality, they have an opportunity to cut off their competitor at the knees. This is killing baby Hitler. This is going in before Facebook has the ability to compete and try to cut off their main business today, which is advertising, where Apple does not compete, so that they will have a harder time competing in the future on AR. If you are Apple, why wouldn't you do this? Why wouldn't you use your strategic advantage to cut off a possible competitor? All of a sudden, collectively, we've gone from hating Facebook for all of the misinformation and, you know, election interference and all these things where people were like, Facebook is bad, Facebook is bad. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, poor Facebook, Apple's being mean to Facebook. Apple almost killed Facebook once before, 
I don't know if by accident or on purpose, but just by creating the app store, right? At the beginning, Facebook was available on your phone on facebook.com and their early native apps were really bad. They made the Instagram acquisition, which was genius, the WhatsApp acquisition, which was genius because those were mobile first. And now, of course, the primary Facebook app and the Messenger app are, are great mobile products, but they have had to shift their entire business just because Apple said, oh, this is a thing called the App Store and this is what's going to run on these devices. I do not believe for one second that Facebook's going to suddenly crumble because of these new regulations. Maybe Mark Zuckerberg is right and their business actually could do better. Maybe this will hurt in the short term, but they are very capable of figuring out how to navigate around this, how to be creative, how to succeed even under duress. I don't underestimate Mark Zuckerberg or his team there for one second. I think these are savvy moves by Apple. I think whether or not their intentions are purely in the interest of users is besides the point. I think that this benefits users largely, and it happens to be very smart business. It will educate consumers, and it will force companies like Facebook, but millions of other apps on the App Store, to really think about how are we going to position this to the consumer And if it's something that the consumer, once they know about it, would want to opt out of, well, then you really have to ask yourself, like, what are we doing here? Their biggest fear is that Apple is going to tell users what they're already doing. That is sketchy. Whatever their future business model is for advertising, for data collection, for targeting, it should be something that you should be able to explain to your user to your end consumer, and they should say, yeah, that totally makes sense. I want to do it. End rant. Okay, that was this week's episode about Apple versus Facebook. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review on your local podcast app. I promise I do not collect any data about you at all. I'm Professor Paul Canetti. I will see you next week for more tech news for MBAs.